Toronto-born Corey Livingstone is our guest. Corey is a jazz pianist, recording artist, and author of a book, Quiet Determination, Unlocking the Gates to Unlimited Success. His book, available on Amazon, is Corey's words on how to deal with worrying about things like, how am I ever going to make this dream come true? So much, though, that we end up doing nothing. Corey's approach, just do it. Today, Corey Livingstone is talking about music, his backstory on the Better Each Day podcast radio show. Listen to a lot of your stuff. You're just awesome. Thank you. You were nominated for a Juno Award. Yeah, back a few years ago. Yeah, that's that's not as big as the Grammys because you know it's the Canadian version of the Grammys, right? Why why wouldn't it be as big? Because that's just the reality of it. You know, um, the reality of 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 music. And well, Canadian. It's the market, you know, the market, because in, in the, uh, just the pure, the sheer lack of population mm-hmm. in Canada, as opposed to the United States. So how many you've got there, 160, 70 million people? About 328 million. We've got, we've got 50, 55 million, and it's spread out uh, over 5,000 miles. Mm. And there's only like a half a dozen urban centers. I want to do some work in New York if I can. So I was doing research on the number of places, the number of jazz clubs and whatnot in New York. And I've pretty, I think I've found over 100 so far, still counting. I could probably find five or six in Toronto where I live. Oh, really? So, yeah, yeah. It's a real, um, it's a real cultural wasteland. I'm surprised to hear that. I would- Given the, Other than pop. Given the political climate in the United States, I was thinking about moving up there with you. There's many, many great things up here, you know? Yeah. But if you, if you really want to um, have an audience, you, you really have to... I've been fighting all my life to get, you know, to get a, 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 an audience that will sort of follow you around. Here, here we're really influenced by the United States. So influenced. Hmm. Um, what's big there is big here. Some things go from here to there, you know, like Drake and Celine Dion, things like that, you know. Yeah. But but as far as supporting music, it's a whole different thing. Like, you know, politically and culturally, the United States is a you know, scary place to live in, but you know, the opposite up here, but... As far as things like, for one thing, you guys got down there. Like, I'm really impressed when I go there, and I see marching bands just as important as a football team. And these, here we don't have 
we have a school band and that's it. Forget the marching. You know, we don't have that. And that involves a lot of people. I'm really impressed. Like, I've seen them out in the fields practicing, you know. And and these are people who will never be professional musicians, right? Yeah. But they're really being immersed in the music. You know, and this is what builds your, this is this is where your fan base comes from. People who love music. Yeah, absolutely. Um, a, lot, a lot of it's done just for the love of music. I'm, I don't know about yeah. you, but I played a lot of things for no pay. And see, that's one thing I, I refused to do because I got guys, you know, there was a time I worked six nights a week in, in music, making my living, playing six nights a week. And now it's like, I know a lot of my friends who play for like 100 bucks a night or 50 bucks a night or even worse. They put out a, a tip jar. Yeah. yeah uh, and I refuse to do that. Absolutely. I mean, it's an insult. At least a waiter gets a minimum wage plus tips. <laughs> right? That's true. But places are going like, oh, yeah, you can play for the door. A percentage of the, what comes in, what comes in off the booze and off the, you know. Uh, that's not right. Yeah. So I just, re- so this, that sort of gives you an idea of a flavor, like a second class citizen, unless you, unless you put your ear in a position where, you know, you uh, a power and a notoriety. You know, I always look at the um, the Canadian entertainers, the musicians, actors, uh, comedians. I always look at you guys having the greener grass than the U.S., so maybe everybody does that. I don't know. All the funny guys Probably. come from Canada. Well, you know, it'd be interesting how that came about. How, how did that thought come about? I don't know. I speak with people in England from time to time, and it's the same thing. We're in love with their accent, and we think England is a wonderful place. And, and then the stereotypes are hysterical. <laughs> I guess that's what it is. I don't know. I yeah, guess, the grass is always green. You have to go walk in somebody's shoes for a while. But I said, well, what, what do you guys think of a, a California guy? What is that? And it was like blonde hair and surfboards and stuff like that. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and, I I bet, yeah. and then I said, well, what do we say about English people? Uh, we live in castles and we drink tea all the time. So yeah. <laughs> I was like, I don't, I don't know if that I think that. I've never been there though, so I don't know. Oh, they live in ordinary buildings and the biggest alcoholics in the world, I think. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> well, they've got taverns and pubs all over the place, you know. I, I have heard that too, and that's where my ancestors come from. I'm mostly Scottish. I asked an English guy to do the Scottish accent, and this is what he. Not only what he did with an accent, but what he said was, I've been drinking scotch since this morning, and I'm a little bit pissed off. That's how they talk there. So that's good to know I have scotch in my blood. Yeah, it is scotch, literally, isn't it? Yeah. How did you start out? Did you come from a musical family? Well, I guess uh, musically, wasn't any active musicians. My mother was, I think she had piano lessons when she was small, and she liked music. But she never really, actually she was an actress oh. in the public speaker, so she was sort of like in showbiz, right? Right. She's, uh, she was a leader in society. In fact, uh, up here, in the Canadian government struck a stamp in her honor for the work that she did during her lifetime. So she's the one that made us, and I, and I underline made, us start taking piano lessons. Oh. And it, it just sort of went from there, right? Me and my two brothers. 
and later on my two sisters, but I'm the only one that came out at the other end still playing. Do you remember taking lessons where you kind of like it was your duty to do it or did you really want to do I, it? It's been burned in my mind. I that's You know when you have memories in your head from when you're small? That's one of them. Yeah. I remember. I remember because it was, it was extremely painful. Boring. I remember calling out because my the, the, uh, the duty was to uh, the drill was practice a half hour every day. Mm-hmm. And every five minutes, I'm calling out because my mom was usually nearby, like in the, cause the living room connected to the kitchen, and uh, that's where the piano was, until so she could hear and monitor, right, while she was doing the, her chores in the kitchen. And I, every five minutes, I'd call out, five minutes up yet? <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> <laughs> it is so tedious at that level oh. of play because you're doing scales and stuff that unbelievable yeah unbelievable and it doesn't need to be yeah 
Yeah, I try to tell people that, and and I get all kinds of stuff like oh, I'm too old, or uh, I don't know how to read music. And well, I, of course not. You've been taught yet. Of course, you don't know how to read. Music. Yeah, yeah. Well, I tell them uh, a lot of people that I played with through the years don't read a lick. Um, it, it's well, probably, Louis Armstrong didn't read anything. I didn't know that. No, he couldn't read for. He didn't read at all. I. I really think you compensate, though. I think your ear just gets better, and you, your well, mem- your memory gets better. And after a while, you don't really well, need a lot of music well, in front of you. Well, I, well, that's what music is. Music is sound, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's vibration. It's not. It's, it's not literacy. Music is the only the only reason I think music was done because you know a few hundred years ago, that's the only way they had a recording it. We have to write it down. Right. If they had recorders, then everybody would be saying, okay, I'm going to record this down, I'll listen to it, and then play it. Yeah. Because it's an oral mm-hmm. tradition. Folk songs kind of were passed down just via, you know, sitting around the campfire type of type of a thing. But I think when it came to sacred music, that's when they really came, you know, to the point where we're going to have to write something down. I don't know if you've ever looked at Gregorian chant type stuff where this, it almost looks like a, I don't know. It's, it's lines with the flags really don't have times on them. It looks like everything's a quarter note, basically. But it yeah. it, it did have pitches. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, it does fall short because you can't really <laughs> write something down on paper yeah. and say, this this is how it's supposed to sound. You know, it doesn't work very yeah. well. Yeah, uh, an artist or, who paints, you can see what they want because it's there and your eyes can see it. Yeah. You, you can't write art. You can describe. I can describe a picture to me. Describe the picture in words. You can but it's going to fall far short. Yeah. It's the same way writing down music. You think, you okay, this is what I want, but this is how it sounds. Yeah.
you know, you and I know myself, you think back to music you grew up with and music that stayed with you and music that you like. It 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 it, uh, it touched something, right? Yeah. Somewhere in there. So that's why. And I, I'm saying to myself for the last little while, what music do the kids now have? Like the touches that they can hold on to. I mean, 40 years from now, they're going to listen to bust a cap in your knee you bitch you know i I know i don't get it there's what is that i mean (laughs) you know you you can't get nostalgic about that (laughs) i don't know how that works i'm glad i'm glad you said that well well that's 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 been that often crosses my mind yeah and do you want your kids listening to that well, whether they do, well, I used to call it baby, baby music. I said to my kids, yeah, let's put on some more of that baby, baby music, because that was the only word in the song, right? Yeah. <laughs> baby, 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 baby. And, and so I'm, I'm, looking at, I'm looking at the, the um, see, the, there were at one time, there were real tunesmiths mm-hmm. in, in music. I mean, they created they really music. They crafted music, and so that's my that's my where I'm alluding to that that craftsmanship is going. It's gone, or at least from the mainstream. And unfortunately, we're made to believe. Well, it's there. It's not gone. It's there, hidden away. It's covered. Over. We're made to believe that the manufactured music is what music is. You know, because the music now that, that that they want to play in most radio stations is it's manufactured. It's industrial. And only half of it is, uh, maybe not even half of it, maybe uh, maybe 10 or 20% of it is real human input, participation, real music. Everything else is uh, a mechanical application stamped out somewhere and assembled and passed off as music. And unfortunately, that's what the kids are, and it's not their fault. Yeah, when, when I talk about the current stuff that's coming out, I, I feel the same way. Uh, maybe uh, maybe I'm a little bit too nostalgic. I don't know. But I th- my question is, where's it going to go? You know, where, where's it headed? Does it make any sense to sit down and, and do what you're trying to do and, and write some well-thought-out music, you know? Or should you just get out the cookie cutter? And You wouldn't do I, that. I think, but. yeah, I know it's about, I think that is for this brand of music like it's contained it's more more i think about it is contained there's there's a there's a hundred branches a hundred avenues you can go and the stuff that we're you're that's you're forced to on the on the pop rated listen to that's going down that way you know okay you want to go down that street that's where the drug addicts and dope pushers and all these people live that's you could get and it's not going to go away it's there, uh, and you don't have, have to go down there. I think that's the same thing with the music. They've, there's a pathway, there's this back alley, there's this road that's made to look very popular, okay? But you can only go to McDonald's a few hundred times, and you're going to have to want to have some real food. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I always start out with if human life is the most valuable thing there is. Most people would agree to that. Well, then, promoting that kind of thought or that kind of music, what value does that add? To me, it's just nothing but at least a compromise 
to everything that we started out with. So why not write something that's uplifting or has a message that's good? You know, it doesn't necessarily have to be sunshine and rainbows either, but to paint a picture that uh, popping a cap in your knee or whatever it was that you said. Yeah. Yeah, I don't see a feature in there. Yeah, yeah got to get the bitch. If you, the more you can swear, a couple mofos in there is good too. That's good. Yeah, good Shakespearean yeah. thought. But you know, it's it's all done in the name of capitalism, and yep. fine. I mean, if that's where you want, I mean, it's it's a choice, right? You have a choice. You can go if you know the money's there. Of course, you can go that way. That's fine. Uh, so, the fact that there's choices. Uh, it's a little harder now, I think, maybe, um, to do something that's against the green. But, you know, it, it depends on what choices you yourself want to make. Absolutely agree. Let's play some of your music in here somewhere. So what, what would you like to feature? Uh, Hello, everybody. Corey Livingstone here. You're- I'm not sure what I had there. It doesn't have a title. But- yeah, that's called, uh, what's that one called? You know, that's the hardest thing for me. I make up names. I'm always, I'm always given the razz about the titles I make up. I think I call that one Hit It, you know? Hit It? I, I, I like to be like Beethoven, Opus 1, Number 2, you know? Movement <laughs> 1, Opus 3. <laughs> yeah, I know. You know? I'll, I have, see. I'll have the number 5. It comes with broccoli and beef. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> There you are. That's the way. Yeah, all these. Now you got. Now you got to have all these fancy names. Here's number one. Number two. <laughs> What's the story behind "Hit It"? Um. Did you just sit down and start playing it? I always start with a little motif or a little theme, and then develop. It. I say, oh, you know, I like that. And then you see, where can this take me? Right? Because mm-hmm. that's what most. Well, all composers, they all, but I think a great many composers, you just need a little germ. You know, yeah. Just need the the egg and the and and the sperm and bang, and you have procreation. Then it, and then life is created. Yeah, <laughs> life is created. You know, and you hope the baby turns out pretty good. But yeah, well, you keep working on it until the work turns out the best that you can make it for Absolutely. now. Okay, I'll put it away and we'll bring you out again and you know, rough, smooth off some of those rough edges. You know, <laughs> that's it. Hit it.
what kind of stuff do you like playing the best? I like to play uh, stuff from the, a lot of bebop stuff. Oh. Like Thelonious Monk and uh, well, actually Thelonious Monk, Monk mostly. Yeah. That's the first name that comes to my mind when you say bebop. Yeah, he was a great, uh, I guess, builder, you know. Yeah, great stuff, great ideas he'd work oh. on. You know, you can hear him as he plays working these things out uh, musically. Yeah. He's... His his he's he's really building something uh, musically sound. You can hear that. I think a lot of people, uh, including me, you have to really acquire a taste for it because it sounds pretty erratic. But it it's clever. It's it actually makes sense if you sit down and, and listen to it. And I think once a person does acquire a taste for it, there's nothing like it. It's pretty pretty unique stuff. Yeah. Well, it's it's. Like the same thing, people say this is a great piece of art. I'll look at it and say it's like a piece of art to me. But yeah, it looks like a can. Then they explain. Looks like a can. They explain why. Yeah, it helps. Once you understand, it helps a lot. You know, anything's like that. Once you, once once you're told one tiny thing, you know, then you can. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Well, I wish you the very best in the future. I'm gonna kind of keep an eye out for you see what you're doing maybe you'll make it into new york and one of those nine million places you say that are jazz clubs yeah 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 and if you're ever i might even make it out to seattle yeah i was gonna say if you're ever in the seattle area i'll definitely come come out and see you yeah yeah if i ever get to vancouver just shoot right down there in our arms we cling to you and me you take my innocence Say the bird sang sweetly on that summer's eve.
listening to the Better Each Day podcast radio show with Bruce Hilliard. We'll be back with a new horizon, but until then, honor the future. It comes with a lifetime guarantee. We're all just trying to make the next day a bit better.